2: Hello, I'm Martin Bayfield and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. On this week's show, we welcome four-time Olympic gold medal winner Sir Matthew Pinson and former Leicester Tigers and England forward George Shooter. Here's the best of our Rugby Tonight insight and analysis from Lodge Delaglio, Austin Healy, as well as our studio guests.
3: It's only George Shooter. Do they call you the Hooter? Um, or have we just made that up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I do. Um, so sure what I... you do with Hooters, wasn't it? <laughs>
3: yeah, um, I,
0: I like wings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: Welcome. Thanks for coming on, George. Thank what are you, you up to these days?
0: Um, I'm coaching at Loughborough University. Actually, uh, it's my, my sort of my main job. Uh, it's a part-time role on there, 20-24 sort of hours a week, uh, working across the five teams we have got there. First team playing uh, National One, uh, two below the Premiership. Um, I, I coach a set piece for the first team and i, I forwards coach for the uh, Wednesday team that play in the uh, Bucks uh, University, top of the university uh, competition. So it keeps you busy and I, I, do, I do, a bit of, do a bit of media. You know?
4: How does that uh, work for the team then? So on the Saturday team, anyone can play for Loughborough or is it just the students?
0: Uh, well, yeah, technically they can, but we are all students. I think in, in our match day, uh, 20, we typically have 18 full-time students and a couple of lone players from clubs. Uh, actually, quite a few of the lone players are, are alumni as well, so it's, it's quite a, uh, it's a great environment for developing rugby. A lot of the guys come from academies, weren't quite good enough at 19 years old, and they come to us, play rugby for two three years, get a really good degree, and uh, end up back in the professional game, actually, in championship and uh, premiership as well.
3: Good, keeping
0: busy then? Yeah, very busy, yeah. yeah. you miss it? <laughs> Uh, no, not at all. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just sort of uh, just at a stage now where I can get out of bed under my own steam, and uh, I don't I don't have to roll out and then go backwards down the stairs and all that. So um, no, I mean I. I I, I, I've been to uh, quite a few games. I did a bit of corporate work at Leicester a couple of years ago and I was sat in at the big games at the Northampton Derby and I've not once thought I'd, I'd like to be out there again. Um, and now the weather's gone all cold and wet uh, <laughs> doubles
3: that up, yeah. Is that, is that, that's quite rare, isn't it? You guys, even now, would you kind of miss the big well, I think the first the 12 months is, big...
5: is quite a readjustment and a bit of a yeah. transition, but I think after that you don't miss
4: the uh, all the injuries and the,
3: no, and
1: the
4: physical side. Mm-hmm. George used to do this thing, I'll just demonstrate it quickly, but he used to, uh, every single time he'd pick up from the side of a rook and I know you know what I'm going to go on about but he'd pick up from the side of a rook and there'd be loads of people in loads of space out wide and he'd show and go his nickname was show and go at the club he'd show it and try and go through a gap and get absolutely smashed I can imagine now down at Sainsbury's picking up a tin of beans giving it one of them and then getting smashed by one of the trolleys uh, I'm defeated in Sainsbury's I'm defeated <laughs> makes a break every week in Sainsbury's
3: I love it. nice outfit you've got tonight Austin, thanks very much you yeah. look like you've been out cutting wood
4: yeah I have well yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Funny she'd mention that. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Thanks.
3: Good. Okay. You're welcome. Right. This. This. Do you play the the, the saxophone? Yeah. This is this you is mine. We were told that you do. Uh, this this was, his yeah, it isn't yours. It mysteriously right.
0: appeared here. Well, uh, since it's, it's here, you so, might
3: you know, as well, well give us a tune.
0: I, I do. I I played it for about seven years at school.
3: Well, well, well. Before. Um, what what's what's going on there? What's all that about? <laughs> 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 That's what I was going to wear
4: tonight. i oh, okay.
3: so,
0: yeah, so glad it you didn't. So
3: glad you didn't. That's when
0: myself and Julian White had an overalls off. Um, and I won. Uh, he didn't turn That's up. That's
3: a good look. That's a good look. Well, right. I, I've,
0: I've seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've worn worse,
3: actually.
0: Uh, right, right you go. stop by yourself. No it's pressure. VT,
3: no pressure. Let yeah,
0: so me a read. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs>
2: So Saracens' run comes to an end. Last weekend, we complained a little bit about the quality of the rugby. The weather had a big part to play in it. This weekend, absolutely no complaints. Harlequins did the business on Saracens, and afterwards, Conor O'Shea was praising his players' enterprise. They clearly decided they were going to play their way, but find maybe some new ways of just unsettling Saracens, and that Rob Buchanan try epitomises this.
4: Yeah, I don't think he should just, you know, give praise to the uh, players because this is a coach's try. This is all about analysis.
0: Yeah, well, um, clearly um, Harlequin's done the homework. They'll realise that Saracen's that back pod there with it, OJ and Jackson Ray really chase hard. As it happens, they don't get up very well, but that creates that big hole in the middle that's accentu- accentuated when Jim Hamilton goes in to defend them all. So it's, it's, it's uh, a sort of a movie would work out on, on video all through the week and... Uh, yeah, you know, if it comes off, it looks like that. <laughs>
3: OK, let's talk Exeter-Gloucester then, shall we? Thomas Waldron, two tries. That takes him up to six now this two season. Pies. Two <laughs> tries. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> two tries, yeah. Uh, it takes him <laughs> up to six this season. Um, England prospect on I.D. Jones' radar. We keep asking, don't we, if he is... and. Is he?
5: Well, he's doing everything he possibly can. Oh, um, I think you know, playing outstandingly well as well. Um, but I think, you know, extra have, have just you know, made huge improvements from, from last season again. And for me, they've been, the, other than Saracens, the team of the season so far.
3: What we saw on the weekend again was their, you know, their impressive line speed Just been something that we've seen most weekends for them. Yeah,
4: they've been really taking pressure to the opposition. This is a bit weak from Hook, actually, a little bit slow, but it, he is being put under a lot of pressure. And Waldron finishes off. What's been so impressive about Exeter is the way that they go through the phases and they get one-on-one situations. They've had they've stumbled a little bit actually in the last few weeks. Three three or four weeks ago, they were absolutely flying. They looked at incredible form. They've lost Slade. They've potentially lost a few other players, yes, and they're yeah. starting to see for the first time now that the strength of their squad and can they cope when they do get some frontline injuries
2: talk about a squad that's coping and developing and getting better Leicester Tigers again impressive the East Midlands derby now for for a moment they were they were 21 nil up and at that point you think uh, Northampton Saints are dead and buried but phenomenal return
0: yeah absolutely and I think uh... Northampton certainly haven't played that well for m- much of the season. Um, not, not a surprise, given the squad they've got. They've got some very talented players. But, um, yeah, to, to, pr- to bring back the 21-point uh, deficit at Welford Road was a hell of an achievement. And will consider themselves very unlucky to, uh, to go out there with, uh, without a draw.
4: I saw it come in the 27-all draw, the set. <laughs> When it was 21-0, I mean, three tries in the first 20 minutes. I mean, great performance by both sides in those conditions. It was well. a
0: fantastic game.
2: Two really, really big debating points. One, of course, was the disallowed try for Paul Hill. Which Wayne Barnes called back because of a high tackle, and there there were lots of discussions about that. And then the penalty right at the death, Lawrence, for, for yeah. Courtney Laws.
5: We just don't need to be doing that. Um, but actually, when, when you look at it initially, you think it's a penalty. He's gone in, he's flopped over. But actually, when you when you when, when you see it from the other side, it, it, you can actually see that uh, there's an arm that trips him up, and then that you know forces him to golf his feet. So, but Wayne Barnes was, looks like he's slightly blocked possibly didn't see it, but he doesn't need to dive in there, Courtney
2: Really, really crucial game at the bottom of the table. London Irish get their win. Again, they're allowing teams back into the game. They're allowing Newcastle Falcons to get a bonus point. They're going to make that life difficult for themselves towards the end of the season. But Lawrence, Newcastle made life difficult for themselves. They had a gilt-edged opportunity in the first half to score a try and you get the feeling that Chris Harris might just be having a few nightmares over this one.
5: Yeah, he's a very talented player, Chris Harris, but you know, certainly didn't have uh, one of his better days. Um, you know, I thought uh, you know, Newcastle, again, when you haven't necessarily got that confidence um, that they, we saw in parts last season,
2: and what he really wants, shoots, is a bunch of forwards telling him what he's been doing wrong. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we, we seem to know more about the game than those backs, there. I mean, I, I, could, I think I could have scored there. I'd have but if, you, if you were done for the ball, there would have been a bit more width to land on the ball. Yeah, true. Uh, that's, uh, there that's would have been downward pressure. Part of my plan. That's why, uh, that's why I trained the way I trained, Baif. <laughs> <Good man. laughs> to score tries like that. Awesome. What about London
2: Irish? Um, they're going to battle right the way through, without a doubt. Um, but they have got some gems, haven't they? They've got some good players. Uh, Lewington is one at the moment who stands out for them.
4: Yeah, Newcastle struggled all day with their restarts, and I think it was an area, particularly when Gerrity came on and the wide kicks, but this guy, he beats the first tackler more often than not. He's a great ball carrier, he's quick, he's strong, he tracks the inside of the ball, works hard. You know, you could do worse than pick him in the EPS. I think he's a young, talented guy, and you could argue, if he was playing at a more fashionable club, a club further up the league, then he'd have the opportunity, more opportunity, more eyes on him more regularly. Uh, He takes high balls, he's good in the air. And uh, I think that the try that they, they scored together with Geraghty uh, was well-worked. Like I said, Newcastle really struggled on that side of the field in that pod all, all game from every single restart and Irish targeted it. They're going to be safe, I think, Irish. They've played all the top sides already. And I think um, you, you've got to put money now on, on Newcastle being the favourites to go there.
2: Very quickly, you say Lewington, if he was a more fashionable mm. club, he moved from a fashionable
4: club to London Irish. Because he couldn't he was, get in the team. Because he wasn't know, getting but, games. But he was younger then. He was a lot younger. He's got games now. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that has an effect.
3: What would Eddie Jones say about his performance <laughs> in your accent? Come on, he's been practising this all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on.
4: Oh God. Oh, mate, I, I think he's, uh, he's a star player, and I think that he's got a good chance. The guy takes the high ball really well. Where's in, he from? Uh, South Africa. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 or Dublin. Um, right. Uh, Worcester and Wasp Then it, it was pretty cruel, wasn't it? That, that Worcester left with, with, with nothing. But it's a reoccurring theme for them now this season. They play for 60, 70 minutes, and. Dean Ryan said after the Bath game, um, they're just maybe not making the right decisions at crucial times towards the end of games.
5: It's a steep learning curve for them. I mean, to come away with nothing, not even a losing bonus point was tough. Um, And they were the better side for the majority of that game. Um, And as you say, it's something that, that they're getting into that last 20 minute spell. I think they had a, a similar performance against Leicester where they were points up. Um, but and, un- and, and Gloucester, but unable to hold on to that. So I'm sure it's something that Dean Ryan's working on. You know, as Austin said, um, you know, London Irish looks at Worcester. Are, you know, will, will pick up more, more victories this season. They're a good side, and Wasps just happy to win back at the Rico, I think mm.
3: just experience, isn't it? I guess as well for the.
2: Yeah. <laughs> both these teams, they've got to learn very quickly from their mistakes. They can't meet making those mistakes. We well, talk about Eddie Jones, what he was thinking about Lewington. Well, of course, in three days' time, on the 13th, he announces his first EPS squad, the elite player squad. And uh, this is what he had to say about his coaching team, about the players that he might be selecting. Quite illuminating stuff.
0: We've got uh, Steve Borthwick looking after set-piece with Ian Pearl assisting. Guzzi looking after defence and I'm going to coach attack, so we don't need anything else at this stage. Pressure's on the player. The player hasn't been selected, it hasn't done well enough. You know, it's as simple as that. So all the pressure is on the player. Whatever the media says, the media gets paid to do their job. And you know, I accept that there will be criticism of the squad and I accept that people think other players should be in and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But at the end of the day, the players select themselves and the players select themselves because they express themselves in the way that I can see them be a, a profitable part of a winning England team.
2: Well, the media circus just starting to build around Eddie Jones. and At the moment, people are saying we've got friendly Eddie, Lawrence. Mm. Well, if that's friendly Eddie, I do not want to see brutal Eddie because he's saying the players who haven't been picked, they're not good enough. He's going to be running the backs. What do you make of that? I think he's pretty straight-talking, isn't he? He's putting the pressure on the players because,
5: you know, ultimately coaches can set up the structures and make the game quite simple, but the players are the ones that have got to go out there and make the decisions. And uh, they're going to be some lively press conferences, as you say. Um, So many wonderful players to choose from. When you look at all these names on the board, Austin talked already about the players who are injured. Clearly he's going to name, what, a 33-man squad, I think. And he's only allowed to make certain changes, you know, with the deal with the clubs, I think, up to 11 changes. So we're still going to see a lot of players that, that were in the World Cup, but
2: there will be clearly some of those changes. Schultz, what do you make about that, about the mix that he's going to be looking forward do, do we look at a team that's completely stripped down and bringing a lot of young players who are capable or are we, are we going to see a blend of young players coming in alongside guys who've got 20, 30, 40 caps?
0: I, I'd be very surprised if he just uh, wiped the slate clean and started started afresh with uh, young players. I think you need experience to win test matches and that's just being in a winning side then automatically improves your, your performances and, and it helps you with your experience so I, I think uh, let's, let's, not, uh, let's not be too harsh on these guys, the World Cup was a pretty poor affair obviously but but that doesn't make them bad players overnight. There's a lot of guys on this board who have been on this, would have been on this board a year ago, two years ago. So I, I don't think it's, it's wholesale changes needed. It's probably just uh, a slight tinker here and there. Obviously, some guys he'll, he'll deem not good enough. That's, that's he's got his standards to, to, to uh, reach to. But also you've got to bear in mind there's quite a few names on here that, that are injured and, and won't mm. be involved in this in this uh, squad on Wednesday. So uh, it, it, interesting time, lots of speculation, obviously. But uh, it'd, be, it'd be an interesting, interesting uh, to see how many changes it does make.
2: Great stuff. Well, we've got a fairly. Generic team from pack from the World Cup, Lawrence. This yep. is, is going to change, or is it going to change? Let's start with the front row. What's well, going to happen Well, I'm here? interested to get George's view on this. I mean, you know, Joe
5: Marler's going well for Harlequins. Um, Mako Manopola, I think, is probably the form loose head at the moment, only by, you know, a, a small margin. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, he's, he's sort of been in and out of the England team, more used to coming off the bench, but actually has he earned the right to, to actually start ahead of Joe Marler now? And, or, or possibly, as you were saying, George off you know, Alex Waller might be a yeah. bit of a wild card as well.
0: I mean, it's, it's a valid point. Saracen's obviously playing probably arguably the best rugby be in Europe at the moment, and you, 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 may, you may even want to go with some combinations. So you've got McAvoy Napoli, you've got the you know, well, George Cruz injured, but you've got Jamie George, you've got that, that sort of spine of their pack maybe, maybe that will see you've got Billy Vunapola as well. Maybe okay. that's something that... Uh, so so who, do we, who, do, who are we yeah, starting go, with? Who do we reckon? Yeah, i so Who go Vunapola. Yeah, And who's
2: alongside him? Who's on the bench? Is it Mahler or does he take a bit of a bolt and go with Waller? Or some of the other names you've got, Matt Mullen.
0: Um, I think Mahler's I there. Think uh, getting that experience and he's, he's not an old man by any, yeah, any means. Cool. So he's, he's playing well. So, OK, yeah.
2: that seems fair enough. Okay, uh, let's let's go on to the head, Then we'll come back to your position. What about tiehead? I mean, this
5: Cole is at the moment. He's a, you know he's not having his best run of form, um, and that's a worry. Um, obviously, I think Kieran, Kieran Brooks, had he been fit, yeah. I think would have you know probably edged that selection. Unfortunately, he's out for he's a while out, now, yeah. so he will... Uh, that doesn't mean he... You know. Do you
2: have a feeling if he was fit, even late on, if he was fit, do you think he'd start? Yes, I think he okay, would. OK, so well, let's... I mean, that doesn't say that Dan it. Cole's
5: not going to come back no. to top-class form. He's, he, you know, he will find his form again.
0: I think I think Brooks probably fits more of the mould of an Eddie Jones-type team, I think, just at this moment. I think Cole will be back soon. But else,
2: elsewhere it starts to get... Not not thin, but we've got mm. David Wilson, who's done, done brilliantly for England yeah. recently, particularly when Cole was out long-term injured. He really and, came to his own. And also,
5: me? you know, uh, in Toulon... Um, back, a welcome return yeah. back to form. He played really well. A lot of doubts about the scrummage of Bath and he, and he, and he
2: stood up and was wonder, Some yeah. people may not realise it's Petrus Duplessis. <laughs> now qualifies for England. So he's, he's hovering around there yeah. as well. Okay, so sort of this figure with a few others lot hovering around. What about your position? What, what about Hooker?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think, I think Tom Young's is... Uh, For me, he's the first choice. He's a a much better line-out for for Leicester than he is for England, perhaps. But that, that, to me, is is largely relevant. What he brings to the game Mm -hmm. elsewhere is is, uh, head and shoulders above all those other players there, including Dylan. Um, with, uh,
2: Eddie Jones was a bit naughty, but, or maybe the press were
5: naughty,
0: yeah.
2: apparently this was said in, in, in privacy and confidence that this is the man he sees as his well, captain. I mean, I mean, he interest... hasn't played anything no. yet, has
5: he? And the no. interesting thing is that England aren't blessed with players that have got over 50 caps uh, and that bit of experience. And I just think whether he might be tempted, you know, particularly with the first two games being away from home, the first one in Scotland, you need to include some test experience and it could okay. well be return of Hartley. Yes. What are we looking at, Lawnsbury? Concussion
2: concerns about him if he's fit. Well,
5: I think have we got him. I think Launchbury has been outstanding. I mean, he's had a, he had a long layoff um, after the uh, um, you know from injury came back and, and produced some outstanding rugby in some of the you know, big big games. Um, obviously, he's got to go through the you know the concussion protocols. But if fit, I think you know he uh, you know he's he's a
2: starter. Yes. Alongside him, last season you would say Laws. My view is Courtney hasn't really fired. Didn't really have a great World Cup. Isn't firing at the moment. Are we seeing? George Cruz moving I, in to I make his shirt his own.
0: I think when you see Laws and Launchbury together, although it has worked at test level, I think you always wonder about the ballast. Yeah. And if the scrum's under pressure uh, from the front row backwards, you want to be as uh, as bulky as you can in the back <laughs> five, particularly in the second row. So, I mean, I, I, again, I like Courtney Laws. and I, I like what he brings to the game. Um, I, I just think with Eddie Jones, again, with my Eddie Jones hat on, uh, I, 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 I suspect you just go for that little bit more bolt there. And, and I think Launchbury's a shoe-in, to be honest. OK,
2: now, the interesting one, of course, is we then come into uh, Maru Itoji. Yep. Who, and now we can look at him either as a second row or as a six. Yep. Let's move this on to the six position, and maybe the most hotly contested area. Yep. Up on our big screens, we've got our likely lads here. Um, so the first ones we're going to look at, are possibly our most regular ones. These yep. are the ones that we were, um, are most familiar with. James Haskell, Chris Robshaw, Tom Wood. Chris Robshaw now wearing the number yep. six more often. <laughs> Which one do you think could be a casualty well, here? Well,
5: all three of these guys were in the World Cup squad. So, they've, you know, what you know is they've got serious amounts of experience. Chris Robshaw was the captain, not, not playing seven, playing six. Um, and I think he will be looked at this season as a six as opposed to a seven. Um, I think, you know, you need that experience in your team. I think he's playing well. Um, and I think he comes into contention. You know, for me, Tom Woods, you know, although came back strongly, he's been in that suffering from the fact that Northampton haven't been going perhaps as well as they, you know, they they could have been. Um, So I think, the decision will come down to be, you know, between these two. Haskell's playing well, but Chris Robshaw, obviously, also playing very well. But, but it is about the balance in the back row. It's, you know, it's not just about picking you know, who you pick
2: at six, it's who you pick at eight and seven as well, and how they complement each other. What about the guys who are just hovering underneath them? Two, possibly, we would expect. Maybe <clears> Matt Garvey's a bit of a surprise, but goodness me, what performances he puts in for Bath. Jamie Gibson, mariturgi, I would guess at the top of the list, yeah. out of these three, Well,
5: I mean, if you're looking at the future, this guy is uh, not just the future, he's actually in the present as well. I mean, uh, I think he's... uh you know, he's going to be a top-class international player. You know, if you, were, if you were saying playing international rugby in a club shirt at the moment, he's got everything you need. You know, very young, very versatile, and I think he will make it into, into the squad. Saracen seemed to f- uh, favour him more uh, as a second row rather than a six.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's a six. myself. Yeah. Um, he, he's just got that athletic ability of someone like a Tom Croft, perhaps not the, the speed of Tom Croft, but he's got that ability to be out wide. He's, he's physical in the breakdown area. I think he's just... In a year's time, he'll be the complete role player, and I think he'll be, he he could probably pick his position if he wants. Gibson and Garvey, good, but not. Quite as good as the other I, four. I, I, think yeah, you said that there, I think they're okay. I, I'd chuck in Lachlan McCaffrey. I, think he, I believe he's English qualified, playing out of his skin for Leicester at the moment. Uh, he's a six, seven, eight. Um, I, I think he'll be there thereabouts as well if you're going on current form.
2: Okay, let's look at the rest of the, of, the, of the back row. And, Austin, what about your thoughts, not on the back row, but on Eddie Jones' mentality? <clears throat> Maybe the Australian mentality. Get your best players on the field, and if you're good enough, you're old enough, maybe that yeah, applies to my I don't think it
4: necessarily means matters what number you've got on your back. You know, there's a lot of chat on social media about all the back row. We've been asking all week who we, everyone thinks should be at seven. There's been a bit of a battle there. Uh, it's easy to say actually on, on Twitter here. Uh, Clifford brings no fear and no baggage. Uh, that's from PD Lucky PD Ducky. Uh, nice name. Uh, Richard Fuller he says Kvesic starting, Clifford covering, covering six, seven, and eight from the bench. Uh, Tony Bones uh, likes Tom Wood, but Clifford also. Clifford gets mentioned in almost all of them as right, being a, a member of that, uh, that sort of trio. Yeah. But Kvesik is the guy, head and shoulders, above everyone else who's got more votes from people at home on Twitter. All right. You know a bit of, about the back row. You do battle <laughs> I, with I play Twitter. I played seven very badly for England. Let, let's games. see. So
1: who
2: are we going to put at six? Let's fill the, the six slot. Are uh, we I'm, I'm going to go with Rob Short. So you're going to go with Rob Short yep. there. OK. So are we, talk, are we happy with Vunapola at eight? Yes, yeah. possibly a six, no eight. I eight. mean, obviously
5: okay. Nathan Hughes comes into the picture yeah, in course. June.
2: Okay, open side.
5: Who are you going? It's so close. As Austin said, statistically, this guy's you know is 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 that kind of you know typical seven over the ball. Um, he's Will Fraser's playing very well as well, uh, but I
2: think I'm going to go with this lad Clifford. I think he's fantastic. And what about this idea of him on a blind side and maybe Wallace coming in on the open side?
0: Uh, yeah, Valley. I mean, you've got you've got. Fretich and and wallace Uh, they're they're more your out-and-out over the ball sevens. I suppose Clifford and Fraser are a bit more sort of uh, hybrids. But, again, I don't don't want to sound like I've got my Leicester hat on permanently, but this Brendan O'Connor, he's he's a hell of a player. And, again, English qualified, you've you've got four or five... Yeah. Top end top end uh, sevens there with different, different game Same plans, way. different abilities. So and it'll come down to what Eddie Jones wants to do. And the encouraging thing road. for
2: England is against Scotland, this is the starting thing. First of all, we've got four open sides. That gives us an advantage. And for <laughs> Eddie Jones, when you look at the quality of players here, phenomenal number of players. Guys, excellent work. We shall wait and see who Eddie Jones picks in his EPS. That'll give us a clue what he's going to be doing with his national team. Time to meet our very special guest as you all struggle with your New Year fitness regimes and curse the very presence of that rowing machine that taunts you every time you step into the gym. This Knight of the Realm ate these machines for breakfast before eating breakfast. He is the epitome of an Olympic legend and formed half of one of sport's finest and most feared double acts. Redgrave and Sir Matthew Pinsent. How are you? Very well see it, fantastic so we've been uh, we've been previewing you coming on this show for the yes. whole of the weekend and we've all been saying if matthew pinson was a rugby player what position would he have played
6: in my dreams i was a fullback in reality i was a terrible second row
2: well that applies <laughs> Slow, to <so> many <laughs> tall clumsy <laughs> Awful. you fulfilled the job description. Perfect <laughs> job description. But what about rugby? Um, because there, there is a link. There is a strong link between rugby players and rowers. Maybe it's the physique. Maybe it's yeah. the mentality. Did, uh, did you play rugby? Did I played you?
6: at school. I played at school sort of uh, through until 13, 14, and then rowing started uh, you know, asking for more than just the summer term at school. And that's sort of when I shifted uh, my, my uh, attention onto the water. Uh, after Atlanta, after my second Olympics, I uh, turned out for the Henley fifth side for a few uh, few weeks. Yeah, bring brilliant. to It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was great. It was it was a you know it was a proper you know mud, mud spit. You know, some, some of the guys having cigarettes at half time in the changing room. It was a great, it was a great look.
2: Great stuff. These guys all nodding. Now, we've just been discussing uh, the squad that Eddie Jones might select and from that distill down to an England 15 for the Scotland game. Um, big move from the RFU to appoint a foreign coach. Yeah. Should we be scared of a foreign coach? I mean, you've had one in rowing for a long time. 20 you years, more than 20 years. Yeah. Um,
6: I think it was the best thing that rowing ever did. Um, and I. You know, it always surprises me when a sport is hesitant about a foreign coach. These, these guys are professionals. You know, if you want an Englishman, then you should, and the pride or the history means something, then surely you should be paying them nothing. Uh, the reality is, these are professional coaches that are going to be judged on results, and therefore you pick the best person. And we landed on our on our feet with uh, with Jurgen when he came over from Germany, uh, became chief coach after the '92 Olympics, and he's been chief coach, you know, getting on 20, 25 years now. It's been, you know, part of the reason that a, a foreign. Uh, impact is good is because they don't have any of the baggage. They don't understand the history. And if you have to explain some of the things that you do and it's all traditional and this is just why we do things and they slightly frown at it and say, well, why, why? Surely there's a better way of doing it. Usually there is
2: a better way of doing it. And it certainly worked in the row. We're we'll waiting to see what it happens uh, with the England team. You talk about traditions, you're heavily involved and of course rowed many, many times with Henley yes. regatta. What makes Henley regatta so special and do we view it the way we should be?
6: Uh, I think Henley is a sort of unique thing within rowing. Um, it's very traditional, it's a lot older than the Olympics. 1839 it started. Um, so you can win a trophy um, at Henley uh, that, that is, is 150, 175 years old. And so we have internationals, we have schools, we have clubs all competing on the same course at the same time, 20-odd different events, men and women, it's, it's, uh, it's for, and, and of course there's the Good excuse for a for a pint of pims. There's that social side, but you know you can go to you can go to any rowing event, and you you might find, you know, a few hundred people show up in the summer. Henley, there are thousands. There are more people who'll go to Henley than than will probably watch watch an Olympic rowing competition.
2: And so it's, viewed, it's yeah, and and around the world, it is viewed as one of the premier events to go to. This this is more than just a piece of. Of English rowing history, it's world history. It has a it has an appeal. We had sixty crews come this year from the
6: states, the American colleges. They love it, you know. They gee, and this is this is great, you know. They there's nothing like it anywhere else in the world. We have Australians, we have New Zealanders, we have South Africans, we have crews coming from all over Europe to experience it. And part of the effort, you know, Steve took over as Steve Regro took over as chairman a year ago. So the, you know. Finally, after uh, decades of us looking at the blazer brigade and thinking, "God, you know what a bunch of idiots!" Now, now we have to put on a blazer and, and, and sort of, in a, in a sense, we're in charge. You know, like you have Jason Leonard now well, well, as exactly, president yeah. of the RFU. You know, it's that sort of generation of people now who are coming up and taking over events and sports. And you know, British Rowing has got next international at the helm as well. You know, it's, it's. A sort of new dawn for, for our sports, um, and we've got to be careful that we don't turn back into something that we would have hated. As,
2: yeah. as, I mean, as it, and that's kind of reassuring, isn't it, Lawrence? Yeah. To yeah. say we've got uh, we've got Jason <clears throat> in charge of, of the RFU, yeah. uh, of the committee side of things, and so Steve Redgrave in charge. <laughs> it's important to get people that I suppose that other sportsmen, the people who are competing, can relate to. Yeah, it's that continuity
5: as well. I mean, you know, you couldn't get you know
2: better role models, better people for you know to. Uh, you know, to keep control of things and, and to, you know, to drive the sports forward. So it's fantastic to have them. It's reassuring as well. You say there's so many Australians and New Zealanders. If you're serving that much Pims, you need Australians <laughs> and, and, and Kiwis there to serve, serve the drinks. Now, we, uh, we, we were looking into you to find out what else we can could, we could dig up. We know, of course, all the glory and the medals and the records. Okay. Um, five things. So Matthew Pinson cannot live without rowing. was top of the list. We expect okay, that. Right. Motorbikes. You like your motorbikes? Yes, yes. Yep. Had a motorbike licence for yep. 10, 15 years. Golf.
6: Oh, beautiful! Eleven
2: handicap golfers. Is that still the case? Uh, No, it's slipping away from me. Slipping a little bit. Um, And gin and tonic. Of course. Perhaps what we wouldn't have expected, guinea pigs. (laughs) This has been the last year. Our daughter
6: uh, insisted for Christmas. What was that? Christmas 2014. Guinea pigs were the thing. So we've got two guinea pigs. Uh, I wanted to call them all black and barbarian because there's an all black, you know, guinea pig, and there's a black and white barbarian guinea pig, but uh, we've landed on olive and panda.
2: But- olive and panda. <laughs> <laughs> barbarian the guinea pig would Barbarian be. the guinea pig. I, ha-
6: I had, I had the, but they're, yeah, they're just very. It's, it's. I, I've, I've always been a dog person. I wanted to have a dog, but a dog in London is. Sort of a bit unfair on the dog, uh, whereas guinea pigs—they you know—they live inside, they don't smell. The kids love them; they're quite simple uh, to to sort of look after. They they're quite up for a cuddle. They don't bite. I
2: mean, these these Matthew, things are quite. Matty, you can cute. stop talking about guinea pigs now. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. That's very good. <laughs> the man clearly loves his guinea pigs. Okay. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. Now let's uh, let's get back to the road. Yes. Very very quickly. Um, I interviewed Matt Simmons before the London Irish game. Um, Very, very promising. He could push his way into the England reckoning. Talking to him, he said he didn't really take up rugby until 18 or 19. Before that, he was a rower. Injured his arm, couldn't row anymore. There is, I mentioned before, there's a big history of rowing and a lot of rugby players have gone on, mainly on the indoor rowers, yeah. uh, and have done some pretty decent things. We got there, we could, we could see Roger Utley and Andy Ripley, probably the finest of the lot, yes. Gareth Archer and Steve Bainbridge. Andy Ripley's still the world record holder for 50 to 54, I think, on the indoor Something rush. like that,
6: yeah. I mean, he was, I remember meeting I Andy uh, around the time where he, I mean, this must have been early 90s, so it's relatively soon after his rugby came to an end, and he was absolutely passionate about rowing and, and sort of keeping his fitness, and it's, it's the long levers. That's what helps in rowing. Every every stroke, if it's if it's that much longer on a rowing machine or in a boat, it's it's generating more power. And so that it's a sort of yeah, it's purpose built for tall, lanky people with big cardiovascular engines. Yeah, and
2: an ability to take an inordinate amount of pain. There is absolute that. pain. I'm looking forward to this uh, this conversation about the the forwards, maybe mm. from the from Scotland, Wales and Ireland because in the back of our minds there are those beastly machines but let's concentrate on them, we looked at the backs <laughs> last week, let's look at the forwards, let's start with, uh, with Scotland, Lawrence and um, I suppose the big question for Scotland is what they did in the World Cup, is that the peak of what they can do and are they going to be Scottish and slide, or are we now going to see this Scotland team climb and does Vern Cotter start to bring in some of the younger players, he's going to start in the front row, we've got this young lad Xander Ferguson, who is uh, he's played for Scotland under 20 yeah. He's attracted the attention. Now, you may say that you'd stick with Dickinson and Ford and WP Nell, but this boy is an exciting young player.
5: No, he is an exciting player. And I think we started, you know, the World Cup, we saw some of what Scotland can achieve. I think Vern Cotter will, you know, continue to develop and he may well go for, for this young lad, you know, Xander, who formerly started his career in the back row. So he adds that real ball-carrying ability. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen too much of his... Uh, uh, of his scrummaging, but as long as you know that's up to the up to scratch, because uh, you know what an opening game that's going to be for for Scotland. Uh, you know the, the Calcutta Cup at home, so uh, yeah, I think he will come into the reckoning.
2: And shoots, we, we talk about uh, about England. Eddie Jones wanted to bring players through, give them experience. Of course, it's going to be happening across all of the home nation teams because the northern hemisphere we've shown how it was done during the world world cup and Ferguson is going to be one of those players. WP Nell is another player. Now he is in the, in the Scotland team. Um he's one of their project players. They brought him in, he was doing okay, but he's getting better and better and better. Um, and that's what they need. They got to have a strong scrum yeah. so that they can then start launching the back row, which we'll come on to in a minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think WP Nell was a potential uh, lion um, in, this time next year. He's, he's, his improvement is that, has been that good. Uh, and and tight are uh, you know, very thin on the ground. There's not, there's not a great many of them around uh, in any of the home nations. We spoke earlier about injuries to, to English tightheads. Well, Scots don't have a, 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 a great list of tight to be injured. So yeah, I think he, he'll, he'll be a very, very important man for the Scottish uh, Six Nations and, and beyond uh, if he can stay fit and if he can keep the uh, the, the, sort of the, the rate of improvement going, he could be a, a very big player.
2: And Austin, in Johnny Gray, they've got a player, a potential captain, captain's Glasgow, of course, and his work rate is phenomenal. And now you, you would argue he's probably pushed ahead of his brother, Richie Gray, in the notoriety ranks and, and his importance to the Scotland team.
4: Yeah, well, my knowledge in the second row is top-notch. <laughs> and um, I think you'll find that they, they keep doing it, though, Scotland, don't they, they produce Murray, Weir, these tall, gangly guys that have got great rugby brains and find themselves in good positions. And you do think, and I know we spoke about it last week, about the, really the talent and the pace of that Scottish backline, but it does start with these guys. When they welcome England up there, they've got to hit them with an intensity that a new squad, which is what England are going to be, are quite surprised by. If they do that, then they've definitely got the firepower behind the scrum to push England close and beat them. And they'll certainly get that tackling ability from Johnny Gray. he
2: give us something ridiculous like 120, yeah, 130 tackles right. before he missed a tackle. What about the back row? John Hardy brought in from, from New Zealand, made an instant impact into the Scotland team. Yeah, he has. Um, and, you know, he gives them that ability at the breakdown, which, you know, we talked about with
5: England, who are they going to pick? Um, you know, in Hardy, they've got someone who, um, you know, follows that long line of tradition of, of, of being very, very competitive at the breakdown area. Um, and, and Strauss as well is an option for them in the back row. Um, you know, he's a very impressive beard and a very impressive player as well.
3: The beard <laughs> the apparently. beard. The beard that's feared, indeed. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, right, let's move on to Wales then, shall we? Sam, War- Sam Warburton is obviously um, injured at the moment. Yeah. Um, but then we've got Justin Tipperick and he's not not a bad replacement to have, I guess, is he?
5: Superb player. I mean, I think Warburton will, understand, be fit by the end of this yeah, month. Yeah, by the end so of this month. But yeah. he might still come back into reckoning. You know, Warren Gatland, um, you know, didn't Wales do brilliantly at the World Cup? It's still painful to say that. (laughs) 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 But but using, uh, you know, Tipperick, which, um, I mean, they might go with Sam and and Justin together, but if Sam's unavailable, what an ideal replacement. I mean, he's a top-class, world-class, you know, seven. And, and, uh, of course, you've got... The likes of Alan Wyn Jones as well, who's you know been superb, and he's had had that little bit of a rest, and uh, you know you can build the,
4: the whole team around them. I think that frustration that both Wales and Scotland face during the World Cup will really bear itself in the Six Nations, and mm. I think you make Wales one of the favourites to win it actually this time round.
2: We talk about Alan <laughs> wynne
3: Jones. As... i can not even sorry. Do you need a drink? It's the czechs. we
2: We look at Alan wynne Jones. We we'll talk about his leadership ability. Yep. What about Ireland? They've uh, they've lost Paul O'Connell. Um, potential leaders in there and some some interesting names that are going to have to now start taking taking Ireland forward. Uh, Tommy O'Donnell, Josh, Josh van der Fleer in the back row. Names that we're starting to get used to. Maybe we're starting to see this shift in this breakaway of the established players and new boys coming through.
0: Yeah, it uh, uh, sort of echoes really what's going on at Munster. We, we, you, you lose that sort of generation of, well, the Irish great generation and... Um, And and you've got to sort of groom what's coming through. Uh, A massive job for for Joe Schmidt coming up. Uh, He's a fantastic coach. Everyone knows that. Now I think this is the sort of time he's really got to show his mettle and show what he's made of as a as a motivator primarily, and then also as a as a developer of leaders, as you said, and also. Uh, I don't know, changing a game plan. I don't know how Ireland are going to play in the Six Nations. You've got to see their squad first before you make any guesses. So I suppose really, whilst the the pressure's on the players to who get picked to perform, there's a bit of pressure on Joe Schmidt now to, to sort of live up to his reputation if, if, if nothing else
2: and that leadership ability CJ Standard yep. do a, a, a great okay Munster yes. is struggling but he's catching the
5: yeah up. he's captain in the side um, and he gives them another alternative I think Jamie Heaslip, when he's playing uh, at his very best um, is still an outstanding number eight along with Sean O'Brien of course who's, who's a truly outstanding but Um, There's some injury concerns over Hieslip, and if there is, then this guy is 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 an ideal replacement. As you say, real leadership qualities, um, excellent
2: ball-carrying and a very good reader of the game as well. So uh, plenty of options for Ireland. Great stuff. Exciting times for these teams. Who will be selected? Of course, the players have a huge opportunity to stake their claims in Europe. It returns for the final two rounds of the pool stages before we wander into the knockout stages. Who is going to make it? This is their last chance.
3: It's been a great fun tonight. Thank you very much, George, for coming in. So Matthew Pinson, for a fantastic guests, fantastic audience. Thank you, Jen. ladies and gentlemen. It'll be great. Rugby Tonight will be back on the 1st of February when our guests will be Louis Smoothie and Jamie Ceddemore and all And
2: if you want to join there. us here in the audience and why wouldn't you, just send us an email, audience at rugbytonight.com. Make sure you enjoy all the European rugby coming up this weekend and we'll see you in just a few weeks time.
3: Oh. <laughs> you okay. we can say, <laughs> bye okay. say bye now. Okay. Bye now.
2: Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We'll be back soon for more rugby insight and analysis. See you then.